This morning, in preparation for the Lord's Supper, uh, I wanted us to briefly examine a passage in the Gospel that records Jesus' encounter with the rich young ruler. And uh, I want us to look at Mark's account of this incident. So turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. We're going to begin with verse 17. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus and the disciples were continuing on their journey to Jerusalem when they encountered a man. And we learn from the other gospel that this man was a ruler, probably of a synagogue, and he was extremely wealthy. So this rich young ruler comes before the Lord, kneels down, very respectfully addresses Christ as a distinguished rabbi, a teacher, and asks him what he needs to do to obtain eternal life. Jesus responds, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Jesus here wasn't denying his deity He was simply getting the man to realize what he means when he calls him good teacher. In reality, only God is absolutely and perfectly good. So in reality, this man was actually calling Jesus God. And therefore, he needs to worship and to obey him. However, this man only saw Jesus as a great teacher with wisdom. Without waiting for the young man's response, the Lord answers his question about inheriting eternal life. Look at verse 19. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He challenges the young man to evaluate his life based upon the second half of the Ten Commandments, to which the young man responds, Teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth up. The man was convinced that he had kept the law perfectly for a number of years. And this simply revealed that he failed to see his own sinfulness. He failed, he was blinded by his own sin. But yet, in spite of his response, the Lord, out of compassion, continues to answer this young man about inheriting eternal life. Look at verse 21 and 22. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said, One thing you lack, go sell all your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But at these words, he was saddened, and he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. The man walked away unwilling to give up what he owned, give up his wealth, and to follow Christ. Now think about it. This young man was actually revealing that he had failed to obey the first two commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. 
you shall not make for yourselves an idol. His wealth had become the idols of his heart. His possessions were more important to him than God. After watching the young man walk away, Jesus takes this opportunity to teach his disciples about an important truth about salvation. He says, how hard it is for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. In the first century Jewish culture and thinking, there was a false belief that those who are rich was a sign of God's blessing. And those who were in poverty was a sign of God's judgment or curse. They viewed that those who were wealthy had many spiritual advantages over those who were poor. They had the means to be able to give more sacrifices, more offerings to God. They had the means to give greater alms to those who were poor. Therefore, in the minds of the disciples and many other Jews, it's easier for a rich man to enter God's kingdom than for a poor man. And that's why the disciples were amazed at what he had said. Well, to emphasize his point, Jesus repeats it again, but this time he broadens it to include not just the rich, but everyone. Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. Now, in order to help the disciples grasp how difficult it is for a person to get into heaven, Jesus uses an illustration, a very popular proverbial statement of that day. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus is using here a hyperbole, a very an exaggerated statement to make a point. Jesus is saying here, there's no question that it's hard for a camel, the largest animal in Palestine, hump and all, to go through the eye of a sewing needle. Therefore, his point is, is more, it is more than just hard. It is impossible. Therefore, in the very same way, Jesus is saying, it is, it is utterly impossible for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Notice verse 26. They were even more astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? Disciples were essentially saying, well, if it's completely impossible for a rich man with all of his advantages to make it into heaven, then how can anyone ever be saved. To which Jesus responds, with people it is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Well, here is what Jesus is saying. Salvation, eternal life, is impossible for man to achieve. It's impossible for anywhere, regardless of your economic situation, regardless of who you are, to enter the kingdom of heaven on your own. You can't do it by your own power. You can't do it by your own will, your own effort, your own achievement. 
Man cannot save himself. There's nothing that we can do to obtain eternal life. Only God can do the impossible. Only God can save a person. God did the impossible. He provided for us what we could not achieve, and that is salvation, the hope of heaven. Salvation is completely the sovereign work of God in a person's life. God not only provided the means of salvation through the death of his son, but he also reached out and he drew the person person to himself in saving faith. In other words, salvation is impossible apart from the supernatural intervention of God in a person's life. You know, what amazing truth this is for those of us who are believers. What an amazing and gracious God we have who has provided us what is humanly impossible. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful to God for his sovereign will, his sovereign um, work in my life. I'm so thankful that out of his sovereign will and his good pleasure, he chose to extend to me saving faith and eternal life. I don't know why he chose me. I don't deserve it. But yet, I am humbled and utterly thankful for what he has done. You know, the Lord's table is a time for us as believers to be reminded of this amazing provision that God has given to us. Salvation through his son. The bread is a symbol of, that reminds us of the body of Christ, which was crucified on the cross for us. The cup is a symbol of the blood of Christ, which was shed on the cross so that we could have forgiveness of our sins. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, For as often as you eat the bread and you drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Every time we participate and we eat of those elements, we are declaring and affirming that Christ died on the cross for our salvation. He provided for us what was impossible. And that we will continue to do that until he returns. The time of communion is intended for those who are believers. If you're here this morning and you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we invite you to join us in our time of communion in remembering our Lord. If you're here this morning and you have never trusted Christ alone for your salvation, then this communion time is not for you. I would encourage you to simply pass the elements along and use the time to meditate, to think about, to consider who Jesus Christ is and the eternal life that he has provided through his death. Eternal life comes only by trusting in Jesus Christ and in him alone and no one else and nothing else for your salvation. Before we participate in the Lord's Supper, it's important for us to examine ourselves, to make sure that we're in fellowship with God, that our heart is right before him, that we're walking in obedience to his word. So as you receive the element, make sure that you examine your heart before the Lord, before you 
participate in the communion. Uh, after you receive the elements, when you're ready, take the elements on your own. Gentlemen, please come and service the elements. <laughs>